Welcome to The Howler, your weekly look into the state of Wolfpack Athletics. Now let's go to your hosts, Ethan Barry and Madison Bell. Welcome into another edition of The Howler, Ethan Barry and Madison Bell alongside you once again. <clears throat> another week of Kevin Keith being a winner. Absolutely. Um, obviously, we're going to talk about basketball, but... I think we should go ahead and mention some of the non-revenue sports first. Uh, men's swimming and diving, ACC champs. Women's swimming and diving, four in a row. Four yeah. in a row. That's yeah. a big deal. Yeah. There are some um, – the seniors have never lost That's crazy. an ACC championship. That's insane. Yeah. That's uh, insane. Yeah. It's impressive. Uh, women's swimming and diving, I'm honestly not sure. I don't know. I kind of assumed that they won, but maybe not. Who knows? I haven't heard anything about it. So. Yeah, I hadn't either. Um, women's basketball finished up, I believe, 11-5 and five in the ACC, and uh, they lost to Notre Dame yesterday. Um, so they're the five seed in the ACC tournament. They play on, I want to say Thursday. And uh, so they got the single buy, not the double buy. No one was expecting our women's basketball team to perform that well after losing No, yeah. the starters that it did. Yeah, four so of your five starters are gone. State's had a really good year. Yeah. Um, Westmore's a great coach. Yep, absolutely. Um, there was some talk about NC State getting to host the first and second rounds of the tournament. Uh, not sure whether or not that will happen. I would say that State has to win minimum at least two games for them to have even a shot at it. Um they were they were projected on ESPN, so take it for what it's worth, to be one of the hosts before last week, and then they went and lost to Notre Dame. I just don't understand how losing on the road at Notre Dame can really knock you down at all. That doesn't make any sense to me. But I guess when you're talking about the top 16 teams, you know, the margin is really slim. Mm -hmm. So, you know, whatever. We'll see what happens about that this week. But State's gotten shafted two years in a row by the NCAA tournament. Two years ago, they probably should have been like an eight or a nine seed. They didn't make it at all. Mm -hmm. Last year, they probably should have been a host, um, but instead they were a six seed in the Texas region. So, you know, maybe the uh, tournament will, uh, I guess, make things up to them. You know, maybe. We'll Absolutely. see. Uh, softball team is 10. I think they're 10 and 5. They've uh, – they they struggled last year to put it nicely and uh they needed to do much better this year and they've at least gotten off to that to a better start. Mm -hmm. And uh the baseball team is eight and one. Brett Kenneman out here <laughs> doing things is an understatement to say he's doing things. Yeah, they uh they just beat Air Force fifteen to five. They just won their ninth game in eleven days. Which I know that might sound might not sound like much but for a college baseball team, that's pretty impressive. Usually you don't play more than – usually at most you'll play five games in two weeks – or five games in a week. Usually it's only four. But, yeah, eight and one is a really good start to the season. And uh, th it's almost conference play. So it's only got one more week of non-conference play uh, before they get into ACC play. And, yeah, as you mentioned, Brett Kimmon was named the ACC Player of the Week. And uh, I believe one of the collegiate – the national – publications named him as national player of the year and then he went out and hit two more home runs today. player of the year <laughs> player of the week sorry oh. i was like it's yeah. a little early for that isn't it? <laughs> well i mean he's pretty much matched 
you know, Owens, he hasn't matched his numbers from the last couple of years, but he's probably matched his numbers from his freshman year when I believe he was hurt at the beginning of the year. So what he's doing is incredible. I've watched baseball my whole life, and uh, I don't think I can ever remember somebody doing what he's doing. Seven home runs and six games. And he's not just hitting home runs. He's hitting these balls, you know. Bombs. Yeah, he hit the top of the scoreboard today. He hit a ball that probably went 450 feet on Saturday, and uh, yeah, he's just he's just doing incredible. I I you know I'm a huge baseball fan, you know that obviously, but mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. I like this team. Last year's team came in with high expectations, and they got off to a slow start, and it took them about until two or three weeks were left in the season for them to pick it up. Um, this year's team doesn't have the same expectations, but they're playing really well, and they. Their offense can hit with anybody, and if they can stay healthy uh, on the mound, which staying healthy has proven to be an issue in the first two weeks of the season, which is crazy, but whatever. So we'll see. Um, Speaking of Players of the Week, Al Freeman was named Player of the Week. And I guess we can start off basketball by talking to him, but what did you see from him early in the season? Like, what do you think is the difference – from early in the season to what we're seeing with Al from basically since the Chapel Hill game, I would say. I know we talked about this briefly on here in, geez, a couple weeks ago. We talked about how Al Freeman was not performing as well as we and other NC State fans thought he could have. So we thought that it might be worth Keats's while to – let him sit on the bench a little bit and not start, and it seemed to have worked. So um, I think I've seen a lot of development from Al Freeman this year. Um, not saying that he's a perfect player because nobody on our team is, but he has gone from being very selfish with the ball, and now he's sort of developed into this player where if it's not working for him, he's probably going to share the ball a little bit more rather than trying to force things, which is mm-hmm. beautiful to see. Yeah. Smarter shot choices, too, coming from him. I think the Markel Johnson suspension for me was when things changed because State needed him to be more of a distributor. <coughs> and I thought, you know, LeVar Bats had his minutes picked up while Markel was out. And I thought that Al, Al was going to lose minutes to Markel coming back. Uh, but in the end, LeVar's the guy that's lost minutes because mm-hmm. Al's just been so good. And Al is the guy out there, like, you can trust him with the ball. Mm-hmm. And you can trust Braxton, too, but this is Al's fourth year of playing college basketball. You just At this point, you just trust him a lot more than you trust Braxton, which isn't a knock against Braxton and obviously Markel. But what he's doing, like, he's handling point guard duties. He's shooting. He's shooting really well. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, what he's doing has been noticed because Sam Hunt is just literally hasn't missed in like two weeks. (laughs) Uh, So his shooting has really gone unnoticed, but he's, he does that well. He's in there rebounding, which state really Mm -hmm. needs when you're going small. Um, And oftentimes he's asked to guard the best player on the other team. And he's, you know, done that well. And I, I just think at the beginning of the year, to me, it was just like, you know, this guy was a role player at Baylor. You know, maybe he just, maybe he just can't handle the load of at being the best player on a on an ACC or Power Five team. But for me, he's answered those questions. Absolutely. 
So um, his second time player of the week. And look, as as Al Freeman goes, NC State's going to go in the next well, we got one more week of regular season play, and then you got the tournaments, obviously. So, we'll see. Got to give Al credit. He's really turned things around. Mm -hmm. I know that he... Uh, there for a while, it was a little rocky, but... Yeah, well, uh, I'm trying to think of how to word this, but the support for the fans wasn't really there for him. I don't think I... It was odd to me to see so many NC State tur fans turn against one of our own players not just not necessarily turn but it was just like like nc state fans were just like done with him yeah basically and uh he's <laughs> pretty sure he's won pretty much everybody over at this point but uh you know credit to him and he's really a reason that i think nc state has taken us a, a big step forward as a team even when nc state was playing well beating duke and clemson this team is is a lot better than the team that we saw in non-conference mm -hmm. and even at the beginning of ACC play. So we'll see what happens, but uh, Alf, Al's been spectacular. And he's the guy with experience on the team. You don't know what you're getting from Abu and Lennard right now. So Al's the only guy who you're throwing out there 30, 35 minutes a game who you're like, all right, this guy's been in big games. Like, we know what he can do. I mean, how important do you think that is? I mean, I think it's crucial at this point because – Coming into the season, like this, ACC play has said a lot about the players that Keats has developed. I wouldn't say he turned them into this team, but I definitely think that he's taken their strengths and their weaknesses and turned this team into something that is a huge contender. And having the experience from Al Freeman and from Sam Hunt, mm -hmm. while they have not played in the ACC – just their leadership well, the, and the Big Twelve is right there with the ACC yeah no I'm there. talking more about Sam Hunt in yeah. this aspect yeah because that's like that's going to be huge especially yeah. considering the number of guys who haven't played in the ACC before heading into the ACC tournament it could be yeah I mean I I just think the experience is such a huge factor. It can be big, but at the same time, like, I don't think not having experience is really a deal breaker. You know, it's not like, oh, this team doesn't have experience. They're not going to do anything, you know? Yeah, but it can't. It doesn't hurt. No, it definitely doesn't <laughs> hurt. I agree. Um, Sam Hunt. I mean, State's had some good shooters over the years. And I don't think Sam Hunt is as good of a shooter as Scott Wood or um, – well, I'd say he's probably right there with Ralston Turner. Yeah. Um, I might get crucified for saying this, but I'd say he's probably right there with Mav or Groen. I think Mav was, was just a better all-around player, and he just got asked to do so much more than Sam Hunt is getting asked to do. Mm -hmm. Sam Hunt's job is literally to go stand in the corner and wait for the ball to get to him <laughs> and shoot it. Yeah. So, um, and he does it's a great job It's working, though, it. yeah. It is It is working, the thing that amazes me with what he does is how quickly he gets these shots off. I mean, these sh he has no business even be being able to even get these shots off. And yet Him and Braxton both. Yeah, and he just, like, he doesn't even hit the rim. It just goes in. And <laughs> you're like, how did he even get that off? And so, you know, he, like I said, State brought him in as, 
as a shooter, like that was his job. And uh, I, I've said this before. I don't know that state would have brought him in if it took more, if they needed, or if they would have need. What am I trying to say? I don't know. If he would have had to be here for more than a year. So I think state really just took a flyer on like a one year guy to see what mm-hmm. they got. And, you know, for 25 games, it wasn't a whole lot, but you knew at some point, like he was just such a good shooter and he's paying off. Yep. He's paying off now. And, uh, it's fun to watch. I, I mean, you, you might have a better idea of this than me, but I mean, can you ever remember Scott Wood or somebody having a streak like this? We're just like four or five games where they're not missing. I feel like Scott Wood was so consistent, you know. Yeah. But I was also That's I was also not very old, so like I'm trying to claw in for stuff here. The one thing I remember about Scott Wood was his free throws. Yeah. I mean, obviously he was a good three point shooter, obviously, but I don't remember just being like, "Wow, that was a heck of a game for Scott Wood," you know? But like. Yeah. Well, to be fair, I mean, Sam Hunt's not scoring 20, 25 points a game. Yeah. I mean, he's scoring 10, 12. I think he had, like, 14 last night. But it's just – But, I mean, but I off mean, the minutes he has, that's impressive. Yeah. Well, he's he's earning more minutes, yeah. too. But it it's just hard – like, it's really impressive what he's doing. And he just – I mean, look, if he shoots like that, if you have a guy who's going to come off the bench and just nail three threes without taking – you don't run plays for him. The ball just ends up in his hands mm-hmm. somehow, some way. You know, that's a huge weapon to have in the tournament. So we'll see if he can keep it up. And really the three-point shooting for the team as a whole, I think State has looked really good these last four games, obviously. Four-game winning streak the first time since – I want to say it was like 2006 – but the team has shot incredibly well from three in a way that's probably not sustainable. Do you see that as an issue going forward? Um, potentially. Yeah. I mean, in my mind, State was really – I mean, if you take the Chapel Hill game out of the equation, State was struggling from three more than you really thought they should have based on mm-hmm. the shooters that they had on the roster. Like, Al Freeman is not a 30 or 20-something percent three-point shooter. Braxton Beverly's not a 30 percent three-point shooter, and neither is Sam Hunt. So you knew those guys were getting, like, they. it seemed like the law of averages <coughs> made it seem like eventually they were going to start to make shots. Mm-hmm. And here they have. So the question is, are they going to keep going for another, I don't know, five, six, eight games, maybe ten games? NC State fans are praying that they do. Yeah, for sure. But if they don't. You know, then what happens is the question. The thing that is troubling to think about is the fact that they're pretty much all getting hot at the same time. Yeah. You know? It's not just a one guy. Yeah. So you have to be concerned with the are they all going to get cold at the same time? Or because it's like it's going to happen. You know, there there is no like this is going to last forever. As much as NC State fans would love for that to happen, it's not going to. So the thing for me is, yes, how long? How long can they keep it up? Second one is, who's going to pick up the slack when they're not as hot? Well, I'll tell you what. If they keep shooting like this, I'll I'll go ahead and say I think State will make the ACC championship game and 
almost assuredly make the second round of the NCAA tournament. Because you just, like, like, State's biggest issue coming into the year was shooting. And the biggest issue in the first 20 games was shooting. And now that they have that figured out and they're playing so well, to, t- like, to add shooting back on top of that, it's just, like, this... To me, right now, this is playing like a top, the state is playing like a top ten, top fifteen team, and of course, I know people are all upset about not being in the rankings, which doesn't. You got to remember, it doesn't. Look, the rankings do not matter uh, in college basketball. I get that people want to be ranked, and I do too, but it's just it's not it's not worth getting upset over. But anyway, if you rank teams based on your last four games, I don't know I don't know how you could pick five teams in the country better than state right now. Mm. I mean, maybe you can, but I mean, I watch a pretty decent amount of college basketball, and I I don't know. So we'll we'll see what happens. Of course, that's just the last four games. Obviously, you have to take the whole body of work into account. But if State shoots like this, they're gonna do I, something. Yeah, they'll win five games in the postseason. I'd say at least um, five games, including ACC and NCAA mm-hmm. tournament. Um, but if they don't, here's here's what I want to see. I want to see more aggressive scoring from Markel and uh, a bigger focus on Omir. One thing I think I noticed last night is Omir's role, not to say it's less than it was before, but when State wasn't shooting 60% from three every game, they got the ball into him more, which obviously if you're shooting 60% from three, you should be shooting threes. Mm-hmm. So if State cools off a little bit, then uh, to me, you just go back and pound the ball into Omir, let him let him go to work. I think his numbers have suffered the last couple games. Mm-hmm. I think he had about 20 against Wake Forest, but other than that, he's been held around 10 points, which still isn't bad. But to me, that's what you do if you cool off. Do you agree? Yeah, he's also another one of those shooters that's gotten a little cold. You know, like there was a I point. Don't, there I don't know that he's gotten cold, but he just hasn't taken the threes. There was a point in time where it was like, Omir's going to shoot, and he's going to make it. Yeah. You know, like, and it's not it's not like that right now. Right. Not necessarily, I'm not saying he's, like, an ice cube here. I'm saying, like, he's cooled down a little bit. Yeah. So, I mean, he's going to get hot at some point again, too. Right. Are you talking about just in general or from three? From three. Yeah. Well, he had that one really big game against Clemson, I think, that kind of yeah. skewed everybody's expectations. But, but clearly the talent is there. Oh, yeah, for sure. Nobody's questioning to, that. Yeah, to be able to help from the perimeter. So that could be one person who you could get the ball. Like, pick and pop. Like, you know? Like, Omir is one of those dudes who you literally cannot guard him. He can get any shot that he wants against anybody. Exactly. There's just there's absolutely no no way to guard him. And uh, so I agree with you. I remember a couple weeks ago you mentioned that, like, Omir was just missing shots that he usually makes. Mm-hmm. I think we noticed that in the Chapel Hill game mm-hmm. on the road. He just, like, the ball just wasn't going in. And sometimes that happens. And so, you know, maybe these three-point shooters cool off a little bit, but then Omir gets back to scoring exactly. 20 and 10 every yes. game. That's what I was – that was the point I was looking to gotcha. make is that, they're like, they're going to go cold, but Omir's going to get hot again at right. some point. And I don't think Al Freeman's going to get cold. Because I don't think Al Freeman is necessarily shooting out of his mind. He's just playing much better. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not looking at Al Freeman. Like, Al Freeman's not 14 for 17 from three. Like, yeah. that's just not sustainable. Al is getting to the line, getting into the, uh, getting into the paint, and he takes open threes. You know, and that's the player development the we were talking about. Exactly. 
Um, so we'll see. Another thing I want to point out, uh, Markel had a stretch earlier where he had 10 assists in five games, and um, he's got to cut down on the turnovers, though. Mm -hmm. He has to. And I mentioned this to you. Sometimes what he does is he'll get into the lane, and he'll like he'll be able he'll have the ability to make a play, but instead he'll kick it back out, mm -hmm. looking for a three. And what I need to see from him, especially, I mean, when you've got guys shooting eighty percent from three, it works out. But what I need to what I would like to see him uh, do is finish those finish those you know. I guess it's, it's not really a shot attempt, but finish the drive, I guess, mm -hmm. you know, to use a football term. Finish the drive when you get into the lane. E even draw a defender and give it to Amir for a dunk or something. But the driving in, getting within a couple feet of the basket and kicking it out, when, there's, when you've got basically a two-on-one, I just don't think you can continue to do that. Um, but Markel's been spectacular. I mentioned to you last night that I think he needs to score more, and he's done that. So uh, absolutely, he was three or four. Yeah, from and behind the arc last he's time. So one thing that's gone unnoticed is his three-point shooting, which has been really good. Last year, he was—I mean, it was obvious that he w had strict instructions not to shoot. Like he—he he literally was not allowed to shoot from three unless it was the end of the shot clock. And now he's—I want to say he's shooting forty something percent from three. He's not taking dumb shots though. No, and he's hitting huge shots. He hit that huge shot. A couple against Chapel Hill. Mm -hmm. He hit that big one to win the Syracuse game. And uh, so he's really turned himself into a good shooter. Um, and I like to see him be more aggressive scoring-wise. Um, and like I said, get in the lane, fini like finish it. Get to mm -hmm. the foul line, uh, do something. So we'll see. Anything else? Any other player that you want to mention? I don't think so. I think we've covered pretty much everybody. Yeah, that's I mean, what I'm like going through. I'm going Braxton through Beverly's. Braxton we Beverly talked about him a little bit. He didn't do much last night, but he's still been shooting well mm -hmm. as well. I mean, Abu and Leonardo are the two guys that come to mind, but we haven't talked about Torin. But uh, when guys are playing so well, you can't. You can only play five players at a time. <laughs> so, yeah. you know. Torn had a quiet 19 last night, which is typical. Yeah, I was about to say that's so normal now. I and just and he's the guy, he's the guy who, uh, you know, when the shooters go cold, he's going to be the g him and Omir are going to be the guys that you look mm -hmm. to. I think exactly because he's just so consistent um, with his scoring, and he can really do it all. He can shoot a three, he can shoot a jumper, he can get into the lane, he can get to the foul line. Um, so I like to see what he does. Um, but yeah, I, I, he, you're, you just know you're always going to get 15, 20 points mm -hmm. from him. And, uh, and I said this yesterday, Gottfried got a steal when he got torn Dorn. Yeah, he did. Out of UNC Charlotte. Yeah. I don't know. You know, scouting wasn't Gottfried's finest thing. He pretty much just was a really good recruiter. Um, but the player development under Keats though is what, y yeah. We got to give Gottfried credit. Got to give yeah. Gottfried some credit for this roster. Markel, Torn, and Omir have all, you know, broken out under Keats, but they've always had the talent. Yeah. Um, <coughs> so got to give Gottfried credit for that. Anybody on the NC State team who is first, second team All ACC? Do you think anybody? I mean, it's kind of hard because State's so balanced. Yeah. 
it, it's odd to me. You don't really see. It's come up in on Twitter a, a little bit more recently. You don't really see Al Freeman get mentioned it, and he's won ACC Player of the Week twice, I just in ACC play. I was going to mention him because I think that the Chapel Hill game really opened a lot of people's like minds to how good of a player Al Freeman can be. Mm-hmm. So I think if he he keeps it up, he has he has potential. Well, the problem is you've only got two more games. Yeah. So it's pretty much like, what have you done for me up to this point? Yeah. Two games isn't, you know, most most of the media members or the voters are, it's pretty much wrapped up in good their news minds, for, probably. Good news for Al Freeman is that the last, since the Chapel Hill game, he's been. Yeah. I mean, if I you mean, look at the locks for the ACC first team, you got Jerome Robinson from Boston College who averages like 25 a game. I, you got to have somebody from Virginia, I would say. Luke May, as much as I hate to admit it, has to be on the first team. And then it's kind of like, eh. I mean, Marvin Bagley, but he's missed he missed like four games. I'd still probably put him on there, but, I mean, who else? He's still got one open spot. I don't know. I It's nice to see that State is so balanced, but you'd also like to see some of these guys get rewarded um, for their work all season. I'd say Markel. I I just don't think Torn gets enough love from the media. It's because he's so quiet. Yeah, as weird it is as it is to say, I you know. His quiet contributions. Yeah. And I know this sounds like blasphemy, but he reminds me of T.J. Warren, in the same way where you didn't have to run plays for T.J. You would look up and he'd have twenty-two points, and you'd be like, "Wait, what?" You yeah. know. Obviously, he's not nearly the same type of player as T.J. is. Because TJ was was just so good at what he did. But he like he just you look up and you're like, Oh, Torn Dorn has seventeen points. When did like when did and that six happen? Six rebounds. Yeah, like when did that happen? So I don't know. State's got a couple good candidates, but they're so balanced I think they kinda take away from each other. So I you know, I don't know. We'll see. But uh I'm sure I doubt the players really care, to be honest. They're more yeah. interested in uh and doing some of the next week in Brooklyn. If State wins the next two games, as I'm sure you've heard, they'll get a, a first-round bye, or, well, a double bye, I guess they call it now, in the ACC tournament. Mm-hmm. Florida State and Notre Dame are the only two other teams since the ACC has gone to this format where they've played on Tuesday one year and Thursday and the double bye the next year. So... I thought that was going to be a much more impressive feat for State, but uh, it's not, unfortunately. But, hey, still credit to Keats for that. So we'll see. State obviously still has work to do. This Georgia Tech game scares me. Pretty much every road game at this point scares yeah. me. Um, it's not easy in the ACC. No, it's not. But 12-6 and six is the benchmark you know, for getting a bye, and if State wins the next two games, they'll get it no matter what anybody else does. Um and states even put themselves in a position where even eleven and seven, there's a decent chance that that gets them the double buy. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. There's even a scenario where if Duke, I believe I'm not mistaken, if Duke wins out, Duke wins beats Virginia Tech tonight and Chapel Hill on Saturday, and state wins the next two games, then state will be the three seed. 
Interesting. So that's not like that's not improbable. Yeah. Like that there's a decent chance that that happens. So um we'll see, but go ahead and plug your ears cuz we know ESPN's going to talk about that Duke and Chapel Hill game mm-hmm. all week and it's so annoying. But uh You'd think the sky was falling. It was his second coming. Yeah, something like that. Something. It's the most overrated rivalry. The only reason we c- I could rant about this rivalry for <laughs> like an hour. But the only reason that it's so hyped up is because the games are always good. And it's like it's a rivalry, like it's a rivalry on the basketball court. It's not like like the players are told it's a rivalry and you know Duke has all these five stars and future NBA players and Chapel Hill has these other five stars who aren't actually that good who've been there for three or four years. Uh, and the games are always good. I hate to admit it, but the games are always good. Um, and so that's why it's not a, it's not like a fans rivalry. I think that's the part that um, that I guess is confusing. I guess if that makes sense. Yeah. So like, there's no Duke fans here, and most of the Chapel Hill fans, we don't hear from them until the Duke game. So it's it's not a fans rivalry. It's a um, it, it's a on the court rivalry, which is fine, but you know. Anyway, ran over. I could I could <laughs> go, I could go on, but I won't. Uh, anything else to add? Okay, hypothetical. Well, it's not really hypothetical. State wins the next two games. Actually, no. First hypothetical. State loses the next two. And the first game of the ACC tournament. Are they still in the NCAA tournament? Yes. Yeah, I agree. Barely, but I don't think I, I just don't think there's any way you can look at at this team and say, oh yeah, they're not a NCAA tournament team, even if they lose the next three games. The resume just doesn't add up. What is the highest possible seed that State can get if they win the rest of their games? Five, mm-hmm. four. You'd have nine losses and you'd be ACC champs. Yeah, five or four. Yeah, it's hard to see them getting much. Higher than that. I don't know. We'll see. It's fun. I think State has a ch- – I mean, at this point, I don't think there's a team that State can't beat. If there's one team in the ACC tournament that I would like to avoid, uh, it would be Duke. Other than that, mm-hmm. eh, bring them on. I'm not scared of Virginia. I'm not scared of Chapel Hill. I'm definitely not scared of Clemson. But we'll see. It's fun times. And, uh, you know, State's in a great position, especially – in Keats's first year. That's going to do it for us. We have spring break next week, so we will we will not be here. Um, so two more games and then the ACC tournament, and uh, we will be back to talk about that in a couple of weeks. Anything else to add? Don't think so. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget, Kevin Keats is a winner. Thanks for listening to The Howler, a service of PAC-TV. Find out more at go.ncsu.edu slash sports.